the most pertinent issues in the Middle East, but with a particular relevance and focus on Palestine. And we try and bring you some of the guests, the best guests, who can explain to us, who can tell us their story, who can explain to us what is really happening on the ground and what we can do if we're interested to help and to get involved. Um, and this week, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Ahmed Abu Atima. Uh, Ahmed is a Palestinian writer and he's a political activist. And he's also the author of the book, Organized Chaos, as well as numerous articles. And his writings, of course, sparked the great march of return. We're gonna be talking a lot about that to Ahmed today, uh, but that was uh, back in 2011, I think. Um, we'll come back to that, but that's when Ahmed began to think about this as something that needed to happen. Uh, he's a refugee for Al, from Al Ramla village in Palestine and was born in Rafa uh, in 1984, Rafa in Gaza. Um, we are delighted, as I say, to be joined by Ahmed. We want to hear from you. So please do get ready to send in your questions. Tell us who you are, tell us where you are, and we're gonna try and get as many of those questions in as possible. Uh, my name's Mark Seddon. Uh, I was uh, Al Jazeera's UN correspondent for a number of years uh, and uh, based in New York at the United Nations. And I subsequently went on to work at the United Nations for former Secretary General Ban Ki-moon and a former president of the UN General Assembly, Maria Fernanda Espinosa. Um, thank you, Ahmed, for joining us. Um, as I said, we're hoping to hear from many of you, uh, but today we are looking really at the great march of return um, and, and asking really if this extraordinary event has kind of reshaped Palestinian reaction to both uh, occupation and also to resistance. So I just really wanted to begin, um, Ahmed, um, by asking something to you really about your life. Um, tell us, if you will, something about, you know, how things began with you, your life as a young, as a young person in Gaza, and, and what it was that, that drew you uh, to political activism. Thank you very much, Mark, for uh, having me. I'm delighted uh, with this opportunity. Uh, yes, I'm a Palestinian refugee, uh, originally from Ramla. It's now in what's called Israel. I'm one of uh, 7 million uh, uh, more refugees, Palestinian refugees. Uh, I, I was born in Rafah, as you introduced me. Uh, and uh, uh, this is uh, when I started to understand uh, uh, the life, uh, it was the first intifada. And the Israeli soldiers were uh, in, in, in our in Gaza Strip here and in Rafah City. Uh, I was, uh, uh, I was uh, 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 seeing them while they were shooting the, the, the people and when they were throwing the, the, the tear gas. Uh, and I, when, when I was a child, I, I'm still remembering when I am suffocated from, from the, the tear gas. And uh, uh, then when, when I became uh, 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 a youth, then I, uh, uh, it was the second intifada, the uh, invasions, the Israeli occupation invasions. Uh, many people were killed in my life. Uh, so all those scenes uh, are as reminder that we are in a normal situation. We are under the occupation. We are under the violence. Uh, and you know, Gaza is very limited place. It's uh, about 142 square miles. And in this uh, limited place, there are 2.2 million people, 70% of them are refugees, uh, as me personally. So uh, th those people are uh, deprived from their basic necessities. They don't have the freedom of movement. Uh, the majority of the people 
uh, especially the, 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 the generations of the youth, they never left this place. They never uh, connected with the uh, people from outside of Gaza Strip. So we feel, we, we, we feel how it's to be inside the prison. Gaza actually is it's a, 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 an open air a prison. Uh, personally, I I like the nature. I like the trees. I like the walking. So uh, I I one of my favorites in my life to walk uh, in, uh, uh, far from the 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 city. So when I was uh, 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 close to the fence uh, uh, east of Gaza Strip. Uh, with my friend, I saw that the Israeli soldiers on this fence, uh, uh, they were armed and uh, uh, anyone can uh, close to the fence, they uh, would shoot, shoot him. In the same time, I saw the birds can move freely uh, uh, in the both sides of the fence. So this scene uh, mean a lot for me. Yeah. I asked myself and I asked my friend and after that I uh, recorded this, uh, this uh, questions and this ideas in my uh, Facebook profile. Why not we are like the birds? The birds uh, decide to uh, uh, fly, then they can fly freely. Uh, they can... Uh, uh, arrive to that tree in the other uh, side of the fence. Why not me as a human uh, being to be like that bird? I want to walk in this nature. I want to arrive to that point, to that, uh, to that tree. So why this Israeli soldier will kill me? There is no any justification. I'm an armed uh, man. Uh, I just want to feel that I'm human. I have my uh, freedom to live normally. And also there is an, a, an additional reason that I'm a refugee from that village beyond the well, fence. Ahmed, so it's not, it's yeah. not another country. It's my country. I, want, from I, I, want, I wanted to get on to that, Ahmed. Um, but before I do, just a couple of um, messages have come in. Uh, Karen Jose... Uh, she says, here from sunny California, good day to everyone. Thanks for this broadcast today. It should be very interesting. Thank you. And Gemma says, hello from uh, Lithuania. So, um, Ahmed, um, I'm sure both Gemma and Carolyn would be interested to know too. You talk there about the fact that a majority of people in Gaza are essentially refugees. And yeah. you talked also about the number of people, I think you said 7 million people that were forced to leave um, by the, uh, from Palestine um, and as the creation of Israel or shortly afterwards, uh, what is termed the Nakba um, in 1948. Now, um, people who follow these issues closely know about the Nakba, but a lot of people don't. So can you explain to us how it is that so many Palestinians have ended up refugees in their own country. And what happened in 1948? Yeah, a very important question. Yeah, I noticed that many people thought, uh, think that uh, our story started in 1967. Uh, the fact that our story started in 1948 uh, uh, we, 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 we as the Palestinian people, we were in all uh, this land from the Mediterranean to the uh, Jordan River. We were in, in, in our uh, original villages and cities and towns. Uh, then uh, uh, when uh, Israel decided to uh, build its uh, state, this state was not on an empty land but it was uh, uh, based on uh, a land uh, very crowded with the original people, that they are the Palestinian people. So it practiced a racial cleansing, hundreds of massacres, and uh, it, it, Israel committed hundreds of, of massacres and killed tens of thousands of the people 
this was the cost of its uh, uh, its uh, uh, base of its basis. Uh, uh, so we as Palestinian people, we uh, uh, became refugees in 1948. By the way, this is not the witness of the Palestinians like me. This is the witness of any uh, 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 honest uh, historian, like as example, Ilan Pape. You know Ilan Pape. He's an Israeli uh, professor, but he uh, uh, wrote uh, he wrote uh, his book that racial cleansing on Palestine. So at that year, 1948, uh, Israel, before it became Israel, it uh, uprooted the majority of the Palestinian people from their lands. Some of them uh, went to Gaza Strip, like my uh, grandparents. Uh, other part went to West Bank, other part to Jordan, to Syria, to Lebanon. So. This is why the Palestinians, the Palestinians now uh, are uh, uh, in, in this uh, uh, many places in the world, uh, and we uh, uh, we we became refugees. In 1967, uh, Israel completed its uh, uh, occupation uh, 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 its, its occupation by. Uh, uh, by occupying the Gaza Strip and West Bank, but we as as Palestinians, we are know that the, you know the right of return is still very deep in the Palestinian uh, collective awareness. Uh, uh, we we the, the majority. I, I visited as example Jordan, the Palestinian refugees camps in Jordan. They are still name their uh, streets and their uh, supermarkets that uh, Yafa, Jerusalem, the uh, shop of the return as example. So it's the dream of the people. You know, until now, now we are 72 or 73 years far from uh, in Nakba year. But until now, the uh, refugees are still keeping their keys, the keys of and the papers of their uh, uh, homes and what became later Israel. They uh, kept it because they thought that it's short journey that they will uh, still in the camps, uh, the refugees camps, a few weeks maybe, then they will return. But a few weeks became months, then became uh, years, then decades, now 70, three decades but they are still keeping their keys and their papers and the the, the first generation when they are dying they uh, uh, moved those uh, keys to the uh, sons to the then the, uh, their uh, grandsons this means that the palestinians they they are still remembering their original cause that they are refugees and they are but by the way, uh, uh, one day an Israeli, uh, an Israeli uh, uh, journalist asked me, he asked me and said, Israel is a fact. I told him, yes, Israel is a fact, but the suffering of 7 million refugees is also a fact. And their insistence to return to their homes, also, this is also in fact, this is also is, is a fact. So what can we do? We should struggle for justice for those victims. Ahmed, if I can come in here, we're getting a couple of other messages. Uh, David uh, says, uh, hi, from Sheffield, England. Gemma says, uh, to start the story from 1967, is total ignorance. That's what Israel wants, to hide the crimes. But there is so much literature now, and you mentioned this, uh, like Ilan Pape's The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine. It's inexcusable not to know the history. The point, I think, um, is that we've watched over the past 20, 30 years as uh, various international states persons have said, well, the Palestinians could easily have reached an agreement with Israel at some stage. Um,
Hello. Have we uh, have we lost um, have we lost everybody? <clears throat> Hello. Can every can anybody hear me? I I can't I can't um, see or hear anybody. Well, I think you might be able to hear me. I can't. I unfortunately can't see Ahmed, um, and I can't hear him. Um, so this is the problem. I think we may have lost. We may have lost Ahmed. Um, I can see that our various people are getting in touch from all over the place saying they can see me, um, but we've lost Ahmed. Let's hope we can try and get him back. I mean, it's very interesting what uh, he's been telling us. Ah, connecting to audio. Ahmed. Yeah, I'm sorry. The internet uh, went. Now I can. Now I, I excellent, can excellent. So well, glad to have you back. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was my connection here in Buckingham in England because that's usually worse here than it is in the Middle East. But anyway, you're back with us, and thank, thank you, you for everybody for keeping with us. Um, I was. I mean, I was listening to you then, and I was thinking about. And what I was in the middle of uh, saying was that, um, you know, for a long time, the Palestinians were blamed by many people in the international community for dragging their feet over the right of return. If only they could just accept uh, this idea that there shouldn't be an automatic right of return. There could be a permanent peace deal with Israel. But is it not the case, um, Ahmed, that actually, if you want to come to Israel and you can claim uh, the right parentage or the right history or your or your Jewish, you do have a right of entry. So what do you make of all of that? You still can't, as a Palestinian, have a right of return, but you as if you, but if you're Jewish, you can have a right of return, even if you've never actually had a family that's lived in Israel. What do you make of all of that? Yeah, if I uh, understood your question precisely, uh, 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 yes, I, I don't have a problem with the, the with the Jew man uh, uh, as as a human being. My problem was with the the, the Israeli occupation, with the Israeli uh, racial cleansing. So why 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 Israel makes its uh, its existence at uh, 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 at expense of a whole? other people. So uh, uh, is it necessary for Israel to, to live normally, to live uh, uh, with safety, to be this uh, a mountain of millions of victims? This is the fact. When Israel give me all my uh, rights, all my normal rights, my right to live normally, to return to my home, then there is no problem with the Israeli as a human to, to live normally. I can live with him, but as a human being, as a, a, based on equality, but the, the situation now, it's uh, apartheid, it's racial discrimination. I will give you an example. Now, what if the, the, the protesters in the Great March of Return were Jews? Well, Israel, shoot them violently and kill them, or maybe it will be, it will uh, tell them, okay, welcome. We will find a room for you in our country. You have room here. So why not Israel now, if any Jew across the world decided to come here, even if he never visited Palestine before, even if his parents never came here, Israel will say to them, welcome, and will give them the Israeli nationality. By the same logic, why not Israel say for the Palestinians, they are still live without state. They are live 
uh, waiting their return to their homes and they have very miserable life. Why not Israel say mm-hmm. to us, welcome, you can went to your, uh, your villages and your towns. There is no any acceptable reason but one reason, that we are non-Jews. So Israel is a racial entity. It, it's, it's, uh, 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 it's still uh, uh, making its existence at the expense of millions of victims. And I told many groups of Jews around the world that when, is, when, when Israel gives the Palestinians their rights, this is not uh, uh, our, uh, this is not our, uh, uh, this will not be good only for the Palestinians. Yes, we will have our freedom, but at the same time, the Israeli, the Israeli new generations will free themselves from the walls of the fear and the walls of the racism. They can live normally at that time. They can live normally as human beings without fear, without racism, without walls. And we as Palestinians can live free with our uh, 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 human rights and with our um, dignity. Um, and we have um, Stephen Waters, who I think, um, I think Stephen is in Sunderland in England. He he, he actually makes the point, um, he says uh, that the right, essentially the desire or the right of return is also, of course, enshrined in, uh, in, in a UN resolution, Resolution 194, which says that yeah, exactly. wishing to return to their homes should be permitted to do so, and there should be compensation for the property or damage to property that, is, that, is, uh, that has been, that happened in their, in their absence. But, you know, when you were talking there about... Um, how people could live together in Palestine if people could return to their homes and if there could be an end to racism and apartheid and a, 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 one, a one state solution, as I guess a secular one state democratic solution. I mean, you're talking rational common sense to a lot of people. That's rational common sense. But when you came up with this idea, because... Um, you and your friend and all of your families and friends in Gaza and other parts of the occupied territories could not cross back. You talked about the birds being able to be more free than you to be able to fly across the borders, but you couldn't. But when you came up with this idea that really you should try and force the issue by getting people to march to the border fences, did you ever really think that the Israelis would think again and relax and negotiate and allow people to come through? Did you think that was possible? At that moment, I didn't think anything. I just, uh, uh, I just felt something uh, uh, relating to the freedom and that we are as Palestinians under the suffering uh, uh, here in, Palestine, uh, in Gaza Strip and in general. And we are deprived from our freedom, deprived from the medical uh, uh, materials, deprived from anything. So at that time, I saw and I posted, let us uh, protest peacefully near the fence and say we, we want our dignified life. Uh, after I uh, wrote that post and I suggested that hashtag Great March of Return, then the people in Gaza Strip were, uh, were reacting strongly with that post, and it became, uh, it became a mainstream movement. It was not my, uh, my uh, personal, uh, my personal uh, 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 genius, but, but but it was because the people believe in this. The people believe in, in this. So it became a, a, a mainstream a, a movement. Uh, yes, I, I know that Israel uh, will not be relaxed with the movement, but, but, but this is the problem of Israel. To me as Palestinian, what, what, are, what are my choices? What, 
what 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 are the choices I have? I don't have any choice but to say no, but to protest against uh, the, the situation of the prison I live I, I live inside. Uh, so the uh, about hundreds of thousands of the Palestinians were protesting peacefully, and this was very strong message that this people uh, uh, are struggling for their dignity and for their freedom. Unfortunately, Israelis still uh, ignore this fact that there is a Palestinian people. There is a people struggle for their freedom. Israel is, uh, uh, is still uh, treating with the Palestinian people as the United States administration uh, 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 treat with the native people in, in, in America. It, uh, it say that it, it say that there is no Palestinian people. Uh, uh, so uh, it was very strong message from us as Palestinian people that we are here in our land and we are still struggle. Yes, we have 70 years uh, from the suffering, from the struggle, from the victims, but we don't have other choice but to continue. So uh, 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 I, I think when Israel, uh, 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 when Israel used the lethal violence against the unarmed uh, protesters, I think this is what was a condemnation for the uh, uh, formal uh, uh, world system. Israel felt impunity. It, it felt that it's, it can do anything and no one will account it. So this is what encourages Israel to kill us and to use the lethal violence. But, Ahmed, we, we could all see on our television screens uh, film footage shot of Israeli IDF soldiers firing at unarmed demonstrators, live rounds, and we could see gas canisters being fired at essentially people in their desperation who were demonstrating. And even if some were trying to march on a fence, there was no way that, um, that, they, could, uh, that, that they could harm anybody on the other side of the fence. And in fact, I think maybe there was, only, there was one Israeli soldier that might have been injured and, uh, and, uh, amidst all the carnage of that time. There's a question here from uh, Alex Bustos. He says, uh, hi, Ahmed. It's great to hear from you today. Could you speak about thank the you. Western? Yeah, thank you. Could you speak about the Western media's representation of the Great March of Return? And how about what again, please? The, uh, what do you think about the Western media's representational reporting of the Great March? And how, for example, the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, presented the protests and Israel's violent response to them. Do you, do, what do you think of the, did you see much of the Western media coverage and what did you think of it? Yeah, I don't feel satisfied towards the, the mainstream media uh, in the uh, West, in the United States and West. Uh, yes, there are uh, very great uh, media outlets that it uh, showed the facts uh, what, the, the reality of what's happening here in Palestine. But unfortunately, the uh, mainstream media is still biased toward Israel and towards the Israeli narrative. Uh, he, he mentioned uh, uh, the, the BBC especially. Uh, I, I had, I had a, a, a problem with, with the BBC coverage, with the Great March of Return because they, uh, uh, they uh, showed that as the Palestinian uh, barbaric uh, protesters will attack the Jews and will, uh, and at uh, the same time, the other side, there are very quiet people, they uh, live their uh, life normally, but unfortunately, they are under terrorism. This is, was the, 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 the BBC coverage. And I told them at that time, and I wrote an article about BBC coverage that you killed us again. You killed us again. Why you ignore the root of the problem? Why those people, millions, 200,000 of the people were uh, protesting in Gaza Strip near the fence? Why? This is because they 
they are feeling deeply the suffering and they should protest and they should demand their freedom. So our message to the uh, media that we don't want from you too much. We only want from you to show the fact for the, for the world, not half fact, but the, the, the whole fact, the, the big picture the root of the problem, what's the root of, of, of this? Uh, don't, don't say, as example, they, some, they, they many times say that the violence, the conflicts, it's not violence, it's not conflict. It's, there are a Palestinian people, they are facing the occupation and they are facing the racial discrimination and the racial cleansing. This is the fact and this is, the, uh, the the start uh, uh, the, the starting point. Well, Ahmed, I think that the facts kind of speak for themselves, and this is quite separate to any issue about rockets being fired into Israel and the response or the provocations from whichever side. The reality of the Great March of Return was that tens of thousands protested over 18 months. I think you, uh, the original intention was for one big protest, but it stepped up to 18 months. The International Red Cross, uh, I think I think they, they talk about 13 odd thousand Palestinians being wounded um, and injured and some 110 Palestinians actually killed. It's incredibly one-sided. Um, and I think whatever the media coverage may have been, a lot of people could see that, but they could see what was going on. Um, but at the same time, they weren't getting the analysis and the fairness that, that they were expecting. Uh, Gary here, he says, um, he says, do you think the Great March Return was a success? Uh, did it bring international attention to the 14-year-old's sea, Gaza? And do you think the world woke up to the realities of the brutal siege of Gaza? Or did the world just, you know, look at what happened and turn away and, oh, well, let's move on to the next issue? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think the Great March of Return was necessary uh, step uh, or episode in the long series of the Palestinian struggle for their freedom. You know, before the Great March of Return, there were there was the Intifada, the first Intifada, the second Intifada. Before that, there were battles between the Palestinian uh, 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 the Palestinian uh, 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 the Palestinians and the uh, Israeli occupation. So uh, uh, I, I think, yeah. Uh, if if now if I want to uh, make a an assessment for the Great March of Return, I can say that we should uh, do this and we should not do that. Uh, th this is okay to be critical assessment. But uh, finally, uh, uh, as a people uh, under the occupation and the, the, uh, struggle for their freedom, we should have this uh, uh, movement in our uh, history because we, we are under pressure, we are deprived from everything, and we should struggle to show our message that we are still here and that we are struggling for our freedom. Yes, I, I want to, re to return a bit for the, the comparison between the Palestinian victims in, uh, uh, in, 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 in the Great March of Return and the Israeli victims Actually, there was zero Israeli victims in the Great March of Return. I think maybe there's one or two Israeli soldiers were injured. I'm not sure. But uh, what, what, what if we com comparison this uh, with, with the, uh, uh, the uh, thousands of the Palestinians were killed and injured in the Great March? of return. Yes, the facts can tell the people about itself, but unfortunately, the people, uh, the people can, uh, uh, don't uh, care uh, about the facts and about this. They are only say the image. And when the uh, coverage uh, 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 take some, uh, a part of the uh, fact and focus on and ignore the hundreds or the thousands of the Palestinian, uh, uh, the Palestinian victims. 
at that uh, moment the uh, the picture will not uh, uh, arrive correctly to the people so we need not only a, a, a few uh, work for to convey our message we want to, to we want uh, many and too much uh, work to uh, convey our message for uh, the world I mean, it's very interesting that you're talking about history and the importance of this um, two, 18 month campaign, 18 months of people protesting for the right of return, this great movement of return. And as you, as you were mentioning that, I was thinking about two historical um, uh, civil rights disobedience marches that turned violent with many innocent people being killed um, in, in British history, in Derry, Bloody Sunday, um, in in the late 60s, Amritsar in India, when General Dyer ordered the British troops to fire upon protesters. Um, for all of the failings of the system afterwards, there were at least inquiries. Um, these events have been etched into the history of these islands and, of course, India. Um, when it comes to the Great March of Return, we saw the UN General Assembly, uh, as you know, condemning the disproportionate use of force. I think the General Assembly, uh, they said that, uh, um, what did they say? They said, well, they were very clear that the use of deadly force should not have been allowed. I mean, live ammunition being fired at unarmed demonstrators across a fence is against international law. And of course, what we know now is the International Criminal Court uh, is investigating Israel for alleged war crimes. So what do you think about that, uh, the investigation and the fact that the British government, for instance, has condemned the idea of having an investigation? Um, and of course, the United States refuses even, uh, like Israel and one or two other countries, to even recognize the International uh, uh, Criminal Court. But what, what do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, again, please. The, the last part of the question, please. Well, it's, it's the it's the investigation into alleged Israeli war crimes by the ICC, the International Criminal Court. The fact that the British government has said there shouldn't be an investigation, and the fact that the United States doesn't even uh, accept uh, that there should be an international criminal court. It won't even become a member. How do you get justice when? two major permanent members of the UN Security Council won't even agree to an investor, disagree with even having an investigation. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we feel uh, disappointed uh, toward uh, this uh, uh, unjust world that is still uh, uh, biased with uh, Israel and ignore the victims. And we, we believe that this is a major reason for the continuation of our suffering as Palestinians. That uh, the, the problem is not only with Israel. The problem is with, with is, is with the international community that supports Israel politically and supports Israel with uh, all, all the ways. Uh, so we, but as I mentioned before, we don't have uh, any choice but to continue. Yes, we we know that there are many supporters of the Israeli violence, of the Israeli colonialism. But in the same time, we uh, believe that there are many, many, many of the people who believe in freedom around the world, who believe in uh, dignity around the world. And those people, we and those people are in one front. We all uh, uh, struggle together for our freedom. And for uh, actually not only for our freedom, as Palestinians, but, but for the freedom of everyone around the world uh, 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 and to, to make a, a world uh, with, without occupation, without walls. So this is what uh, gives us the hope in the future. Yes, the United States government, the European governments are still support Israel, but at the same time, we think that the, the people's are stronger than the governments and the peoples who are who, who believe in freedom and who believe in justice and who believe in a world without apartheid, without occupation. This world, we belong to this world and we will still to 
uh, uh, struggle together with those free people until we uh, uh, achieve our uh, freedom, inshallah. Ahmed, uh, Stephen Waters makes a point here. He says, and this is this is from um, IsraelPalestineNews.org. Uh, in total, and this is this is collateral. This is what they might call collateral damage, or people being uh, injured or killed who weren't uh, Palestinians. He says that um, in just two months, between 2018, um, from 30th March through to 30th of May. There were 46 injuries to journalists in Gaza from live Israeli ammunition or explosive bullets. So these are journalists being injured who are actually covering what is going on. Um, Jane, uh, Jane, I'm not, where she, I'm not quite sure where Jane is from, but she asks, uh, what hope do young people have in Gaza of freedom when young paramedics like 21-year-old Razan al-Najjar attending the wounds of the injured uh, and photojournalist Yasser Mataja are targeted and shot dead in cold blood. Uh, how can there be any hope? I hear suicide rates in Gaza are very high among the youth. Yeah, uh, Razan Najjar and Yasser Murtaja, they are uh, uh, victims of, of the Israeli uh, occupation. And uh, uh, this is, uh, they, they are examples, just two examples from tens of thousands of examples how Israel is very criminal and how it uh, commit uh, uh, war crimes. Uh, uh, but the, the people here in Gaza, they are deprived from their freedom. Yasser Murtaja, as example, his uh, dream was to travel. It's very simple, sim simple dream. And he posted in his Facebook profile before a few a few days before he was killed that he his dream is to travel and to see the world uh, uh, but as as i mentioned again in other words we as palestinians we struggle because we have the hope because we we don't want to surrender to give up for the the this uh, uh, reality, the reality of this appointment, appointment, the reality of the Israeli uh, 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 occupation. Uh, so when when Razan, as example, when Razan uh, went to 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 help the people, the injured people, uh, uh, and she was a volunteer while she was only 21 years old. Why she did that? She did that because she she uh, deeply believed in her uh, uh, freedom. And she believed that we should create a better uh, uh, reality. This is the, the inspiration of Razan and Yasser and the hundreds of the people, they were killed for their uh, freedom. They were struggling, not because they are, uh, they don't uh, like the life, but because they want their dignified life. But because they uh, were uh, seeking for their uh, dignified life and their freedom. Thank you, Ahmed. Um, there's a point here. This is from Gemma. She says uh, about the right of return. Maybe people already know this from Dr. Salman Abu Sitter's presentations at webinars, but I would like to remind everybody about his work on the feasibility of return. As a cartographer and engineer, and a refugee, he proves that there is plenty of space for returning and for living together. Um, out of 560 depopulated villages, only 93 village sites have been built up, but the Beersheba district is practically empty. And she says you can go and look at his speech um, at the speech he gave at the Edward Side Memorial Lecture in Australia. But I was thinking about that space and uh, division and people being forced out, people not being able to return. And the, and, and the theme that has run all the way through our conversation, Ahmed, and that of apartheid, similarities between the policies uh, of South Africa, and also you mentioned the policies of the US yeah. administration with the Native Americans. But I'm wondering, is actually, is it possible that in Israel-Palestine is worse than apartheid South Africa. And the reason I ask you this question is, is the South African regime, the apartheid regime, wanted black South Africans because it needed their labor. But yeah. Israel maybe doesn't want 
the Palestinians at all. And whilst there are still some Palestinians working inside Israel, the Israeli authorities would probably like the Palestinians to go away altogether and to drive them all out for good. So does that, I suppose my question is, does that make the situation worse in Israel, Palestine, than it was in South Africa under apartheid? Yeah, sure, sure. The situation in Palestine is worse than South Africa because Israel, uh, in, in South Africa, yeah, th there was racial discrimination. But here there is racial discrimination and also there are refugees, millions of refugees. Israel uh, has problem with our existence as Palestinians. So we, we, we have very hard struggle and very hard battle with the Israeli occupation and with the Israeli uh, colonialism. But we don't have other choices. Our only choice to, uh, uh, to, to challenge, to... Uh, to resist, to say no. So this is why imagine that the people, as example in Jerusalem, the Palestinian people in Jerusalem, only their existence there is resistance, even if they didn't do anything. Because Israel uh, 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 tried to, uh, uh, to uproot them, to kick them out from their, their homes. So yes, we, we, we have double uh, 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 battle, uh, not only to break the, uh, the, the uh, racial discrimination, but before that, to stay here in our land and to, uh, pre to, to prevent the Israeli project to kick us out from our land. Of course, Ahmed, uh, the reality of the situation is that um, uh, you know, from the River Jordan to the Mediterranean, there's almost parity. Perhaps Palestinians may, may even outnumber um, Israelis. Uh, so really, it's it would make a great deal of sense for everybody if people in Israel could see sense. A lot of the Israelis who have been supporting the Likud and what, you could, what have you in the occupations, they could see sense and they could realize that actually only by reaching... An, uh, an agreement and a, to, go to, to move towards a secular one a state solution. Can there finally be peace? But I'm interested because also I think you've got news to tell us because um, the Palestinian elections are up and coming, we believe. I mean, there, there is some debate as to what's going to happen in East Jerusalem. You can tell us more about that. You can tell us if, you know, if, there's a, if the elections are going to happen on time. But but of great interest to all of us is the fact that you're going to be a candidate as well. So tell us a bit about the Palestinian elections. Tell us about your candidature and, and what you hope to do if elected. And during your campaign, what will your campaign be about? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm not sure if the elections will go ahead or not, because there are uh, many complications here. And... Uh, one of these complications that Israel is still uh, 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 disagree the elections in, in, inside the, the Jerusalem. So I'm not sure if it will go ahead or not. Uh, the Palestinian elections is a step for the Palestinians themselves to organize themselves and to uh, uh, elect new people to represent them. To me, uh, uh, I yes, uh, I uh, 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 participated in, in these elections. Uh, th that I, I I have ambition to to uh, uh, to have my, my role uh, to to help my people here in the society. There are many 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 uh, problems here relating to the uh, first of all the political problem. You know, and this is very complicated. Uh, uh, and also there are the 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 problems the problems of the poverty unemployment. Uh, also, how can we uh, make conditions for the people to uh, to release their their hard situation that they live? Uh, so I try to make something. I know yes, it's very hard, very long. So I say for the people. I don't uh, uh, promise you uh, big goals. 
but I promise you to be honest with you. I promise you to adopt your uh, uh, your uh, uh, dreams and what you uh, you think. Uh, the campaign didn't uh, start yet. It's supposed to start uh, uh, nine uh, days later. Uh, but as I mentioned you, I'm still, and the Palestinians in general are still, are not uh, uh, sure that the elections will, will go ahead. Well, Ahmed, if I might come back to you on that, because if uh, can you explain to us the situation in East Jerusalem? Is it because uh, Israel is saying that people in East Jerusalem may not be able to vote? And the other question is, is... You know, as a Palestinian standing in the election, people don't often realize that you, you can't go if you're in Gaza to the West Bank and you can't go if you're campaigning to, from the West Bank to East Jerusalem or from the West Bank to Gaza in these cantons, these Bantustan, if you like, you know, these apartheid era constructs. So yeah. how do you have a proper election if, um, if the Israelis are telling you how to who can vote and where you can actually canvas or campaign makes no exactly sense. it's it's very hard situation and uh, first i never visited jerusalem i never visited west bank and i think you from london it's it's easier to you to uh, visit uh, uh, jerusalem than me uh, so th this is not me personally only the majority of the uh, people uh, the, the, my generation and younger, the majority of them, they never visited. Uh, uh, they visited the West Bank. Also, the people in West Bank, they never visited Gaza Strip. So our uh, only way to connect uh, uh, and to to still remember that we are one people is uh, on the technology and Facebook and something like th like this. We, 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 I cannot, sure, I cannot arrive to West Bank or Jerusalem. So when the campaign will start, our only uh, uh, way uh, that the, the adversated uh, uh, posts and videos toward the people, on, 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 we, try, we try by helping the technology to, uh, to keep our unity as one people in uh, Palestine. Uh, but uh, there is Israel imposed uh, a separation between us. So yes, it's very complicated situation. Uh, I even cannot imagine, despite I'm Palestinian, uh, I, I even cannot imagine how is the situation, the details of the situation in 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 in, in Jerusalem, as example. But what I uh, what my, my knowledge is from the the the, the news not uh, not personal uh, knowledge so i know that israel is still control our uh, 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 our decisions as palestinians how can we practice our uh, rights how can we move everything so th this remind us of that the original problem that we are a people under the occupation and we are still fighting for our freedom and we will never, uh, we, we cannot live normal life without ending this occupation and without uh, uh, getting our freedom. Uh, Ahmed, uh, Roger Waters has uh, got in touch with us and he says, uh, Hi Ahmed, I was just thinking about Razan al-Nadir when Gemma called in. I'm listening intently. You bring up the ICC, the International Criminal Court, the Statute of Rome, the UN, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. We, the people, believe in these things. Our governments don't. So we all, uh, all so all we can do is pursue these laudable ends. We must shame them into compliance, destroy the walls of their primal disdain for others with our love for our brothers and sisters. And as Roger was writing that, I was also thinking about a guest we had on recently, uh, Loe Obasani. We were talking about him before we, as before we came on, Ahmed. Uh, he's the Palestinian lead engineer on the NASA space program, the helicopter, which took off yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before and made the first unmanned flight on Martian 
in, on Mars, um, in the thin air of Mars, uh, not air, but you know what I mean. And he was a, rem a most remarkable man like you. And he was telling um, us, and he subsequently went on mainstream British television, he was telling us how difficult it was as a Palestinian to actually return home um, and how difficult it was to leave uh, Gaza. He's from Gaza too. Um, and his story was a dramatic one and, and brought home to a lot of people in this country, I think, just how difficult it is. And despite all these uh, UN declarations, as Roger was saying, and all of the international law and the General Assembly resolutions and all the rest of it, how these basic rights are denied. Um, and so, you know, we wish you the very, very best for your election, Ahmed. And I, unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I'm just uh, going to ask you one final question, I think, on reflection. Yeah. As we've been talking about the Great March of Return today. This was a time when um, Palestinians decided we're going to try peacefully, try peacefully to, to get our rights. And they were met by a hail of fire. What next for the Palestinian people? How next to mobilize? How next to get the rights that we all want people in Palestine to have? Yeah, uh, the, the Palestinians uh, are now, are, now is, are very tired because of uh, they, they are deprived from their basic necessities. Uh, now the situation here is very horrible. Imagine that hundreds of thousands of the youth in Gaza, they, as example, they don't have they, they, they don't have their opportunity in this life to work or to uh, have uh, 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 home has home or to get married or even to travel they don't have any opportunity they are they are living it's strange that they are still live in in, in, in in this situation so the people are still are very tired and this is sure because of the Israeli occupation Israel is still uh, uh, control Gaza Strip, and it, it still control everything can enter or leave Gaza Strip. So, yes, this uh, 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 this uh, uh, make us aware that how the occupation is very horrible, and how it's very necessary that this this occupation will be ended. Uh, despite, despite of what are the details the people can do here after math of the, the Great of March of Return, but the people sure will have more waves in the future, in, this, in the soon future to, uh, 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 to rebel, to, 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 to express themselves, to say for the Israeli occupation that we are uh, 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 here and we want our dignified life. The Great March of Return was a, a shout, was was a scream. It was uh, 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 an expression of how it's strong the will of the life inside the Palestinian people because it was an alternative of the despair, of the death. The people here without their basic necessities, necessities they are actually dying, but they decided at that moment that we want to scream, we want to shout, we want to knock the door of this prison and to say we want our freedom. Yes, now the Great March of Return was ended, but I'm sure that the Palestinians will find more and more ways to uh, uh, send their message that they are in this way, and they will never, uh, 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 they will never give up until they get their freedom and their dignity. Well, Ahmed, I mean, we're all here to uh, try and help in whichever way we can um, to, to to be of assistance. And um, I think it's very important what we try to do at Palestine Deep Dive is actually try and report what's really happening and get behind the headlines to do this deep dive to report on what's happening uh, in Palestine. Um, and so, you know, if, by the way, for people all around the world who have tuned in here today um, to uh, our talk with um, Ahmed, 
if you don't subscribe, please do. Um, we've got the uh, web link there up in the chat. Um, there's a, a, a daily newsletter, a morning newsletter that comes. We, we, our, our dedicated team of journalists and researchers put together um, the, the news uh, from around the world that focuses on, uh, on Palestine. So please subscribe to us um, and uh, support us uh, because you're also supporting uh, Ahmed and what he's doing and what others are doing. Uh, Roger Waters says again, uh, well said, Ahmed, more power to your elbow. Um, he also says, um, he also says, uh, ban Israel from FIFA and UEFA. Well, there you are. There's a campaign that, that uh, needs to be launched, perhaps. Um, and by the way, we talked also, this is a brief summing up, because sadly, we have to come to an end. As you can see here, I'm, I'm being enveloped by the darkness, Ahmed. Night yeah. is beginning to fall and I forgot to switch the lights on. But um, uh, for people who want also to uh, look at that interview, we did recently with uh, uh, Loia Albasuni, the uh, NASA chief engineer on the, on the space program, the helicopter program. Um, we have it here at Palestine Deep Dive. Do look at it. Also, John Snow, uh, Channel 4 News, interviewed him. And uh, if you go to the Channel 4 News uh, website, you can see it. Um, well, look, uh, yes, uh, Salman Abu Sitta says, uh, remedy, resistance for Palestinians, spreading truth to the West, cut down Zionist influence. Well, look, we've had a lot of you um, getting in touch today. Thank you very much for your questions. Um, but thank you to Ahmed, uh, our special guest. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Thank you. I'm very delighted uh, of this opportunity. And thanks for uh, the, uh, my friends who, who ask the, their questions. I'm sorry, sometimes my English doesn't help me to, to be more effective with the questions. So please uh, forgive me for this. But I'm very delighted to see this uh, uh, this uh, 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 interview to, to share to participate in this interview and to uh, listen to your questions and um, I hope that we, we we have more opportunities in the future to stay in connection inshallah well we'd love that Ahmed we'd love you to come back we wish you well in the elections we hope that they take place um, good luck Ahmed you've been a fantastic guest and it just really uh, leaves it to me to uh, thank our team, uh, to Omar, to Kieran, to Alex, to Mac, to everybody at Palestine Deep Dive. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to Ahmed again. And until next time, uh, we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.